Are we live? Okay. Good evening. Uh, we are here live. Go ahead and make noise. Thank you. Um, we are wrapping up this series, which has been called Marvels, No Relation. And in this series, we have talked about the parables of Jesus. Uh, we have been talking about them because they're timeless. Um, no matter how often you read them or have them read to you, no matter how often people speak about them or preach about them or teach about them or whatever else, you can always find something else because there's just awesome wisdom in it. It's obviously if you make a list of everything that Jesus is known for, everything that Jesus was a miracle at, uh, you'd have like crucifixion, a ton of stuff, miracles, but his, the genius of how he put these together to where they impact the people who are listening in one way, and they impact the disciples in one way, the Pharisees even, then us, and throughout the history. It's amazing. Uh, and so we've talked about three so far. We talked in the first week about invested, and about the, the parable of the three talents, uh, the three servants who got talents. So basically, uh, the master is going away. He gives each of the servants money. Uh, two of them double their money, which that's not important, but the fact is they go and they do their best. They use their talent. They use their gifts. They use uh, their witness. They use their impact. The third one just kind of hides. He puts it away. He says, somebody else will do that. And, and in our world, uh, there's no shortage of people who will always say there's somebody else who will do that. There's somebody else who will take the lead. There's somebody else who will help that person. There's somebody else who will pray for that person. There's somebody else who will do something good. Uh, there's somebody else, etc., etc. And so as Christians, especially, we need to step up and, and be better and help people and love people and all of these things. Um, also, then after that, the week after that, we talked about the servant who was not necessarily somebody you should copy, but somebody who did as the world did. He did his best to make sure that he was going to be okay. And through that, Jesus wasn't saying, hey, you know, cheat your, your bosses and do this and do that and then justify the means. He wasn't saying that. He was saying, guys, you can never do enough. You can never be good enough. You can never be better enough. You can never be wise enough. All of these things. That isn't like a negative where you're like, man, I'm just not good enough because you are. You're worth it right now. You're enough right now. But in terms of your impact, you can always do more. You can always be better. You can always grow. You can always be wiser. You can always help more. All of these things. And then over time, you learn how to do that. You learn how to impact people. You learn how to help people more. You learn how to accept help more. And then last week, we talked about infinite and the prodigal son, which is my favorite, and about the fact that we are all of those people in the story all of the time. We always have this option. We all have the option to be forgiven. We all have the option to be generous. We all have the option to be wasteful. We all have the option to be hateful. We all have the option to be envious and, and covetous and all of these different things. And it's on us. We are the only ones that can make that choice. Some of you guys are at the age where your parents drop you off and they bring you to church or youth group or whatever. And that's cool, but eventually it becomes your choice. Uh, some of you have already made that choice and you're here. Uh, but as you get older, it becomes more and more your choice. As you go into high school and you drive, it's more and more your choice. As it goes to college, it's entirely your choice, how you live and who you are. As you become an adult, uh, there's nobody saying, hey, you know what, you should make this decision because it's good for you. In fact, a lot of the times, there are people saying the opposite and telling you to do things that aren't good for you because they don't really care about you. They care about what they can get. They care about what they did. A lot of people want you to suffer because they suffered, or they want you to make mistakes because they made mistakes. Um, and whereas I always say, and this is true, you will make mistakes, you're not going to be perfect, but you don't live your life being like, hey, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and screw up and do these bad things and do whatever I want and hurt people, and then later I'll ask for forgiveness. Because the more you put that off, 
the less likely it happens because your heart changes, because who you are changes. And so you see through that prodigal son story how the three characters, the three main characters reacted and how we always have that option. Um, this week, as we wrap up, we're talking about masks. And it's said that everybody wears a mask. You're, you're almost never the same person in one place as another, all of these different things. But uh, for Matthew chapter 18, 23 through 35, I'm going to be reading this parable. And uh, therefore, the kingdom of heaven can be compared to a king who decided to bring his accounts up to date with servants who had borrowed money from him. In the process, one of the debtors was brought in who owed him millions of dollars. He couldn't pay, so his master ordered, what he, ordered that he be sold, along with his wife, his children, and everything he owned to pay the debt. So that's pretty severe. So right away, you start out and you're reading this. And I, if you've heard this before, I want you to pretend that you haven't and just be in this story. Um, so you have a, a king, a master, who is like, you know what, I've got a lot of debt out there, uh, and you know, even though I'm rich, I want to just fix this so I don't have to worry about it and I don't have to think about it. And so he brings in somebody who was one of his biggest debtors. He owed him millions of dollars. That is a lot of money. That is almost as much as I owe in college loans. Like, it's a lot of money. Uh, feel free to pay that, by the way. But anyway, so it's a lot of money. And he owes him that. And so he brought him in. And his plan, I kind of quibble with. It's like, I'm going to sell you and your family. Now, that's obviously not a good choice. It's not a good thing. It's not a helpful thing. Also, it's not really going to bring your money back unless you make a lot of money on eBay with that. And don't do that. Uh, once when I was young, my friend and I, and by young, I mean like 14, 15, my friend and I tried to sell his brother on eBay. That didn't work out. But um, so don't do that. Anyway, that is the setup. And so right away, we are in the... Uh, in the, the place where we are identifying with the guy in debt. We're like, this guy, he just has it rough. Like, he didn't mean to be that much in debt. He needed money. He's probably poor, which is true. Uh, he probably needs food. He probably was taking care of his family. He clearly had a wife and daughter, and, and he had a family. And so he, he needs this money. And what's the king doing? And, and this is all true. But as with anyone, as with anything, when you meet anyone, when you go anywhere, when you see anyone, when you hear anyone, as a human, you immediately make decisions in your head. You make judgments in your head. There's no way to avoid that first judgment. However, there is a way to stop it there. Uh, it's been said before by people wiser than me. Um, there are three in the history. But anyway, it said you can't stop a bird from landing on your head. But you can stop it from nesting there. So basically, you can't stop that first judgment. That first, man, that king sucks and that servant, he's awesome. Uh, you can't stop that. I don't like the way they look. I don't like the way they talk. I don't like whatever. You can't stop that first thing. But so many people use that as an excuse. So many people say, well, you know what? I, I got angry and I just had to do that. Or I got sad and I just had to do that. Or I was jealous and I just had to do that. You never have to do anything. We all have free will. We all have this choice. And, and so you stop that first judgment. And you don't let it move into hatred. You don't let it move into anger. You don't let it move into being judgmental and all of these different things. Going to the next part. But the man fell down before his master and begged him, please be patient with me and I will pay it all. Uh, yeah, and I will pay it all. Then the master was filled with pity for him and he released him and forgave his debt. So this is a small paragraph, but this is huge. Um, imagine owing a lot of money. And as I said, I don't have to imagine this, but imagine owing a lot of money, like millions of dollars, hundreds of thousands of dollars, tens of thousands of dollars, five dollars, whatever it is, a lot of money to you. Imagine owing that. 
and then you're about to get in trouble, you're about to be arrested, or you're about to have your house taken away, or your car taken away, or your PlayStation or Xbox taken away, or something else taken away, and, and you're like, man, this is just, this sucks. And then the person you owe the money to comes up, and he's like, yeah, you know what, not only that, but you're out of here. And then you say, please, please just give me more time. You're not saying, uh, I don't want to pay it. You're not saying, I want to pay less. You're saying, give me a little bit more time. And then the guy looks at you and says, it's done. You're good. That's millions of dollars. This isn't like a $5 bill that he lost in a side bet. This is millions of dollars. This isn't like you're, you're getting ready to watch the NBA Finals and you have a lot of money on the bucks and six and don't gamble, but congratulations, Giannis, all of these things. It's millions of dollars. That's more wealth than any of us combined will probably see in our lives. It's millions of dollars, except Rob. Millions of dollars. And he forgave it. And so now we flip. Now we flip and we're like, man, this guy, this king is awesome. Man, I, I cannot imagine. I wish the IRS were like that or the student loan department or my college that I'm going to or my parents, whoever you are in debt to. Uh, I wish that they were more like this. I wish people were more like this king. And, you know, that's a good thing. And that's because our views change as we go. As we grow, as we learn more, as we become wiser, our understanding changes. That's why I'm so adamant about just finding stuff out for yourself. One of the big problems in the world, and there's a lot, I'm not going to list them all, is that so many people accept that first thing they find out. In fact, it's been proven uh, that whatever the first headline that people see, regardless of whether it's true, regardless of whether it's false, regardless of who put it, regardless of anything, they remember that headline. And so even if like the next week, uh, like there's this big expose about how it's false and they see it, and even if they believe that, they never forget that headline. And over time, all we think back to is that headline. And it's like, oh, wow, this is how it is. And so many people make their judgment, judgments based on that first appearance, on that first headline, on that first meeting, on that first moment. So many people make that and then they never do anything else. And yet... The more you find out, the more you learn, the more you grow, the more you help people, the more you gain wisdom, the more you build your relationship with Jesus, the more you're going to know. And so, like, we've got a couple of adults here, and I would imagine, I'm not going to bring them up here to talk, but I would imagine that their faith, their life, their views, their understanding is much different than when they were your age. It's much different than when they were in their 20s or their 30s or their 40s or their 50s or their 60s or their 70s or their 80s, etc. Nobody here is that old except me. But we grow that over time because we find out more, because we meet more people, because we understand more, because we care more. And so that's what is happening with this story. Because immediately everybody here, everybody that's watching, everybody that's listening, everybody that's read this, that first paragraph, you kind of hate the king. You're kind of like, man, the rich get richer. And then the next paragraph, you're like, wow, flip. Your life is worth more than to make all of your mind up at one point on one meeting. Now, for us, you don't want anybody to remember you by your worst day. You don't want anybody to remember you by your biggest mistake. You don't want anybody to remember you by whatever you've done, whatever you've said that you regret. And people do. And then we turn around and do that same thing, but we have to be better. Honestly, that's our entire political system, 
is just throwing out headlines and seeing what sticks. It has been for a long time, and it becomes more and more like no more discussion between, no more compromise, but just hate, hate, hate. The problem, I mean, that's a problem too, but the problem is Christians get caught up in that. And instead of saying, we've got to find a better way, it's like, well, this is the only way here, so we're going to take it. And I'm going to hate these people, and I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do that. And then we do that with people too. We do that with things, with ideas, with, with other people's lives. And we flip on the moment. But if you stop and you understand and you pray and you get to know people and you don't look at people as numbers or, or whatever else, you just do your best to gain wisdom. Then you're going to find, wow, the king's awesome, etc. Next paragraph. But when the man left the king, he went to, to a fellow servant who owed him a few thousand dollars. He grabbed him by the throat and demanded instant payment. His fellow servant fell down before him and begged him for a little more time. Be patient with me and I will pay it, he pleaded. But the creditor, his creditor wouldn't wait. Uh, he had the man arrested and put in prison until his debt could be paid in full. By the way, if you put somebody in prison until they pay you back, yeah, it's not the smartest thing. But what we see here for us, again, just to run through the paragraph. First paragraph, we were super on the servant's side. Super against the king. Second paragraph, we're happy for the servant and we're super for the king. Third paragraph, we kind of hate the servant. And why? Because he had millions of dollars forgiven. That's awesome. And then he walked out. And this isn't like a couple months later. This isn't a couple years later. This isn't decades later. Five minutes later, he walks out and he sees somebody who owes him like what? A couple hundred dollars, if that. A few thousand dollars. That's less than millions if you're not good at math. A few thousand dollars. And he grabs him and says, pay me back. And then the guy says, please, just give me more time. Now, I would like, I'm sure everybody here would like to believe that if in this case would be like, oh, wait, I was just in his position. I need to be forgiving and understanding. But what's he do? He says, no, no, this is my money. This is important to me. I need this. Even though he just had millions of dollars forgiven, even though he just had his life saved, he has him thrown in prison. So often, we see people do this. Sometimes we even do this. Where we've done something, or we've gotten away with something, or we've been forgiven of something, or we've found out something, and then we turn around and we hate people even more for being guilty of it. Like, let's just say, for example, that uh, you once got in trouble for sneaking out of your house. Don't do that. You got in trouble, you got caught, paid for it, etc. And then somebody else you know sneaks out and they don't get caught. You're like, that sucks. I hate them so much. I can't believe they did this. I can't believe that they're like that. I can't believe blah, blah, blah. Or let's say you've thrown your money away on something that you regret. Like, for example, three life-size cardboard cutouts that I don't actually regret, but still. And you've thrown away your money on that. And something comes and you need money for something. And, and then you're like watching and one of your friends tosses money away on something else. And you're like, that's stupid. I hate them. Now, there are real world examples. Uh, we see this in politics all the time with adults, especially, but with teens, with children, unfortunately, where your candidate, regardless of the party, does something awful. And you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, whoa, whoa. 
Let's wait for everything to come out. Now, don't judge him or her. Don't, don't think this. Don't think that. You know, come on. We got to stick, stand strong. We got to get through this. It's okay. Everybody makes mistakes, blah, blah, blah. And then the other side does something equally as bad or sometimes not even as bad. And you're like, they need to go to jail. They're so awful. I hate them. They're the worst. I can't believe people defend them. And people don't even realize it. In my life, I've been around people who were on boards, who were uh, leading churches, not here, please, I mean that, but who would do this and not even realize that on one hand, like in five minutes apart, they would say something about somebody, something somebody did and how awful it was. And then on the other hand, they'd defend something somebody else did was the exact same thing. Go to Facebook. Don't because it sucks, but go to Facebook and just read down the headlines, the political headlines. The news headlines. And I'm talking not that organizations put, I'm talking that adults, that Christians post. And then pay attention to how often all of them are pro one side and anti the other, and how often it's the same thing. Think about in your own life how often you're forgiving of things that, that you've done, or you want people to forgive you, and then how often you're condemning of the same thing in other people. That's what's happening here. This is ridiculous, and we can recognize it when we read it. But when we're in the midst of it, we don't even realize. Everyone is guilty of this at some point. It takes effort to stop it. It takes effort to change. It takes effort to grow. And it's hard. It's hard because we care about what we care about, and we know what we know. You're always going to know your own life better. You're always going to know the things you care about more. You're always going to, to, to be more understanding of things that are close to you, always. And it's always harder to understand it in someone else. I've said this a million times, but it's kind of like if uh, Rob and I are walking down the street and I stub my toe and I'm just so sad because it hurts. And it's just like I stub my toe. And, you know, I fall down crying because I'm playing in the NBA. And I'm not really, but, uh, you know, it hurts. And that's tragedy. And if Rob laughs, I'm going to be like, dude, this hurts. Don't you understand this? And then we keep walking and Rob falls down a manhole, breaks his leg. It's kind of funny. Now, obviously, that's a huge example. But this is what we do in our lives. This is what people do in our lives. This is what we see in our lives. If something happens to us or people we care about, people we agree with, people that look like us, people that think like us, people that talk like us, yeah, that's cool. Understand, forgive, grace. But then if someone else that we don't know, that we don't understand, that doesn't look like us, that doesn't act like us, that doesn't believe like us, that doesn't talk like us, get rid of them. That is called hypocrisy. That's a word that's thrown around. Um, one of the things you'll hear a lot in any church at any time with any Christian anywhere is uh, there are people who will say, I'm not going to church because there are hypocrites there. And then the response is often, uh, well, there are hypocrites at Kroger or at Walmart or at Meijer, and especially Target, whatever else. Like, there are hypocrites everywhere. How can you think that? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, that's true. It's absolutely true. But, and this is the thing that always gets me. We are called to be different. We are called to be above that. We are called to be better than that. Jesus literally said, pick a side. Well, I paraphrase that, so technically he said that. He said, I spit the lukewarm out of my mouth. 
Hypocrisy, you're going to see it everywhere. But when it's a Christian, it's worse. I'm not saying it's going to have a worse impact on the geopolitical climate. I'm not saying it's going to have a worse impact on the economy. I'm saying that for our impact, for our witness, for our lives, for who we are, for how we stand, it is worse because we are called to be different. And if I were a non-Christian, and I'm just watching people act, and I'm just listening to people, and I'm just watching the news, or Facebook, or Twitter, or Instagram, or TikTok, or Snapchat, or whatever else. I can keep going. I know like three more social media things. And I'm just watching. And I'm thinking, man, Christians are being real hypocritical. Not all of them, but just in this hypothetical example. And man, the non-Christians are being real hypocritical. What am I going to choose? It's always easier to not go to church. Always. It's always easier to not wake up. It's always easier to not try to be a better person. And so you're going to be like, man, if I, can, if I don't have to change, I mean, if I, if I have to change my life around and do all this to become a Christian, forget that. Because they're the same. Now, as Christians, we know that they're not the same. And we know that the, the loudest people aren't necessarily the people that represent everything. And we know that, that what the news covers isn't necessarily right and blah, blah, blah. But individually, for us, we have to be vigilant on this. Because you could make a list, and there are a lot of smart people and a lot of theologians that make a list of why people don't go to church and what's wrong in society, and there are a lot. But the number one thing is always going to be when Christians don't act like Christians. Always. Because as I said, it's always easier to not go to church. It's always easier to not do something. And so when you see two sides or you see two people that act the exact same, why change? Why choose the Christian way? Why? Now, I, I, I've known pastors and I know people here and I know people elsewhere that are Christians and just are amazing examples. And they would give you the shirt off their backs. They would pay for people to, to do whatever. They would help people. They love people. They never are cruel. They do their best. Not everybody sees that. One of the things I've said before, and I'll probably say it again because I tend to repeat myself the older I get, uh, what I say, what Julie says, what, what Tim says, what Dwayne says, what Ann says, whoever speaks from a pulpit, that is, I believe, from God. And it's inspired and it's to help people. But you're only going to hear it if you hear it. Like maybe you catch it online randomly or catch the podcast randomly. But for the most part, it's just the people in front of you, just the people online that are watching that are going to hear that. And there are a lot of people who are immediately turned off when they find out you're a pastor or a speaker or whatever else. And that's where it falls to us. Because who we are is what people see. And they're not going to come to hear me or Tim or Julie or whoever else unless they see that it has an impact. And it doesn't matter what church they go to. It matters what they see and how they see and how we act and how we live and how we treat each other. And that's what this parable shows. And that's why I ended with this. And that's why it's so important to me. Because it's such blatant hypocrisy that we all immediately see. And yet the guy in, in it does not see it because you're often not going to see when you're messing up. 
if you, and that's why one of the reasons I say, have people around you that'll point this out to you. People that love you, that care about you, that'll say, hey, you know, check this. In a loving way, in a gentle way, in a truthful way. Not in a hateful way, but I mean, to have people that'll say, hey, aren't you being a little hypocritical? Hey, you know, what are you doing? What are you saying? And, and that you can talk to, that you can understand, that you can listen to. We're going to finish this parable. Uh, when some of the other servants saw this, they were very upset. They went to the king and told him everything that had happened. Then the king called in the man he had forgiven and said, You evil servant, I forgave you that tremendous debt because you pleaded with me. Shouldn't you have mercy on your fellow servant just as I had mercy on you? Then the angry king sent the man to prison to be tortured and until he had paid his entire debt. That's what my heavenly father will do to you if you refuse to forgive your brothers and sisters from your heart. So basically... Eventually, there'll be consequences. One of the hardest things about being a Christian, one of the hardest things about trying to be a good person, one of the hardest things about being who you are and trying to be good is that you see people who do the opposite and don't pay consequences. You see people who get away with stuff. You see people who cheat, who lie, who steal, who, who get away with whatever, who hate and just get promoted or, or get raised or whatever. And we see that and it hurts because the world's not fair. But eventually, there are consequences. That's what we have to deal with. One of the things that I, as an old man, complain about sometimes is the internet. I love using the internet, but I hate the internet. Uh, because everyone has a voice, and that's awesome. But everyone has a voice, and that sucks. And essentially... You can get on and you can be hateful and you can be angry and you can be misinforming and you can just be cruel and no consequences. And so for us that, that try our best, we see that and it's like, well, I should do the same because it's not fair. No. Because there are different consequences. Because who you are matters. And this says that the other servants saw what he did. And they knew that it was wrong. So just imagine that you're at school in a couple weeks. No offense. Sorry, it's coming. And you're at school, and you're with your friends, and you're just slamming somebody else. And you're all laughing, and you're making fun of them, and you're saying how stupid they are, and you're saying, man, his hair's so spiky, and he wore an Optimus Prime shirt that's so stupid and lame. He's got tape all over his face. His beard's kind of uneven. And you're just slamming him, just random, hypothetical person. And then somebody else is listening. And then you turn around, you're like, oh, hey, John... I didn't see you there. Hey, do you want to go to youth with me? What do you think they're going to say? They're going to be like, dude, is that how you treat people? Why would I go there? Because people see it. And I'm not saying to care what people think. I'm not saying to do whatever people say to do. Don't. But I'm saying that your impact is always there regardless of whether you know people are paying attention or not. And so when you do your best, Sometimes you're going to mess up, like I said, but you're doing your best and you admit when you're wrong and you ask for forgiveness and you apologize and all of these things. People see that. But they also see when you've had millions of dollars forgiven and then you turn around and you throw somebody in prison for a couple thousand dollars. And they see that and they turned him in and he paid consequences. It is never going to be fair that we are held to a different standard than the rest of the world. It's not. And yet, 
that gives us such a chance to make a difference. Because when we stand tall, when we are true, when we take off our mask, when we do our best, when we help others reach their best, when we realize that helping others, lifting others up is how we rise. When we realize that, yes, we are enough, but so are they. When we help people, when we show people, when we live out our faith, it makes a difference. It may not be a visible difference for us right now, but it makes a difference regardless. So let's flip the story and then I'll close. Imagine that the opposite happened. Imagine that the king said, you got five days and you got to pay back double. That sucks. And then the servant goes out and some people are watching. He doesn't know it. And this guy comes up and, and, you know, the servant now owes millions of dollars, double millions of dollars. That's the technical term. And this guy comes up that owes him a couple hundred bucks, let's say. And he's like, I, I need more time. Now, this guy, we would understand because he's, he now owes double what he owed and it's huge and it's crazy. But he says, you know what? People treat me like garbage. I'm not going to do that to you. So take another week, take another month, take some time. No rush. The people watching would have been like, wow. Wow, I just got, saw that guy get stepped on. I saw him get spit on. I just saw him get treated like garbage. And yet he turned around and was forgiving. That's what people see. Who you are, they see. Regardless of what mask you put on, they will always see through it. So do your best. Always do your best. Always stand tall. Always help each other stand taller. Always love God. And love others with everything that you are. And that's all I got.